Hey everyone, welcome to Framework Leadership, a podcast about principles and ideas that can take you today uh, to your leadership, uh, take your leadership to the next level. We're now exclusively a part of the SEU Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ken Engel, president of Southeastern University. And I'm your co-host, Michael Steiner, SEU Chief of Staff. And you know, wow, what a privilege to have our guest with us uh, today that uh, has been with us before, but we're excited to uh, have him back at Southeastern University at, at conference. We're celebrating conference. 10, 10 years of conference, and yep. you're going to be with us tonight uh, and sharing. So uh, grateful that you could stop by and we could have this conversation together. Yep. But it's nice to have Mike McClure Jr. Mike is the pastor of Rock City Church in Birmingham, Alabama. Mike is also a well known singer, winning five stellar award gospel artist awards. So it's so good to have you with us to have this great conversation. I'm excited to see who's the real Michael. That, that's why I'm here. <laughs> there we go. See who's the real yes. Michael. Who's the real? Please stand up. Please stand up. Thank you. Oh, As we get into uh, the conversation, probably the most uh, um, you know important characteristic of Rock City Church is your commitment. I love your commitment to outreach, mm-hmm. uh, your passion for that. Tell us uh, how your team is is impacting your community and and really being very intentional in bringing the word of Christ to that community and to the surrounding areas. Uh, first off, I'm just extremely humbled to be here. I mean this. Um, uh, I believe uh, Dr. King said we're caught in an inescapable network of mutuality tied to a single garment of destiny yeah. that whatever impacts you directly impacts me indirectly, mm-hmm. meaning that if God's moving at Lakeland, I'm crazy enough to believe he can do it in Birmingham. Yeah, so I'm amen. here to just be a part of that. Uh, I live with the principle that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And living in Birmingham, Alabama, I've discovered that uh, for me personally, your misery becomes your ministry and your pain becomes your reason wow. for living. How can you heal it if you don't feel it? Yeah. So sometimes I think a lot of people lose time and miss purpose uh, because they're searching for a purpose that was already uh, embedded in their history. Mm. And so for me, I remember growing up missing meals. I remember what it was like when my father would wake us all up and we would go down to Phillips High School and feed the homeless. Yeah. So for our church, giving is a bedrock principle for us, yeah. man. We literally um, I just paid off $1.5 million worth of medical debt for wow. every citizen in the greater Birmingham area. Uh, we're constantly helping with schools. We're always mm-hmm. trying our best to be the hands and feet of Christ. Because I believe with this generation, especially in the African-American context, uh, with so many different other religious beliefs rising up in the African-American community, mm-hmm. they need to see a message, not just hear sure. a message. Yeah. You know, uh, I love church growth. And in the African-American church, uh, we were great at having an experience, we were horrible at having engagement. Yeah. So we would have incredible church services, probably in them longer than yeah, we should have yeah, been. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, so fun though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it would fun. be powerful. Yeah. But then after Sunday, the doors would be closed until the next Sunday. Mm-hmm. So what we're trying to do now is just take this principle of going ye therefore and just be in the hands and feet of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how have you gotten your congregation on board with that? What does it take to get them rallied around that message to, to kind of think bigger than just a Sunday service? I, I think it's. Um, I think the church takes on the DNA of the pastor. Yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? I think when, even when we look in the life of Jesus Christ, we kind of see this, what I call this Jesus church plant model. Mm-hmm. You know, you see that uh, first we see his his conception. Then all of a sudden it says uh, he gets to the wedding, but he performs no miracles before he's affirmed. 
yeah. you know, until his, until his covering or his yeah, spiritual right, authority right. says, this is my beloved son. Yep. Up until then, he could not be effective. So what happens, I believe a lot of times is a lot of pastors are trying to get their church to buy in some, buy into something when they have not been affirmed on who wow. they are as a person. So for me, uh, I was 25 years old when I started the church. So mm. if I'm 25, the members are 19. <laughs> so for me, when it came down to my spiritual covering, I literally stood in church one Sunday and put a video on the screen and said, hey, you see what he's doing in Cleveland? We can do that in Birmingham. Wow. So for us, I think the model was easy because it's hard to walk in pride and arrogance when the pastor's vacuuming. Sure. Or the right. pastor's passing out groceries. Right. So I try to lead by... Um, if I could succinctly summarize it, yeah. I believe there are two types of leaders. You have um, travel agents and tour guides. Mm, okay. Travel agents book your appointment to a place they will not go with you. Uh -huh. Tour guides are there and be in the jungle with you saying, hey, that's a lion. Watch out. Hey, yeah. you can pet that. That's just a monkey. Powerful so for metaphor. me... I made a decision to be a tour guide mm. that I'm going to get in the streets. I'm going to get we, the stand at our church is either on the mountain or in the mud. Mm -hmm. So I don't mind coming off the mountain and getting my hands dirty. And I believe people follow your example. Yeah. That's who taught powerful. you this? Who, who kind of really instilled this idea of, uh, living it out, being that kind of that tour uh, so, guy with so, people. So the blessing I had, mm -hmm. I come from a rich family. Yeah. My grandfather's Bishop Calvin Woods. He's the last person to see Dr. King alive in Birmingham, Alabama. Dr. King wouldn't move until my grandfather picked him up. Wow. Uh, he's the wow. He just retired as the president of the Southern Leadership Christian Conference. Yeah. So um, I grew up listening to uh, Abernathy and Shuttlesworth yeah. and yeah. Uh, Jesse Jackson. And, yeah. so, and my father's a pastor. So what molded my methodology was the fact that I was a member on Sunday, but then I got to go home with the pastor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I would sit in church and hear my dad say something like, that was stupid. Like, why are <laughs> yeah, you doing yeah. that? But then I would go home and see the me the method behind it. Yeah. So what I quickly realized is, if you understand historically in the African-American context, the black church was the only institution where the African-American male was anybody of significance. Yeah. This is why in the church it was important to be called chairman oh, or, yeah. or, or, or pastor. Yeah. You know, even when you look in the 21st century mm -hmm. at the most African-American churches, it's a sin to call the pastor Mike. Uh, yeah, you, know, you have to be yeah, called Pastor McClure, yep, right. not just Mike or right. Rick or Steve, mm. because that was the only place we were somebody. So what mm. I discovered was if we can break the psychological chain mm. that the building was the utopia. So what, what I'm trying to do now is show them that Sunday morning isn't the ceiling, it's the floor. The floor. And if we can take that message and, and just lead by example and walk in humility, I think it can spread. So that's what we're trying to do. So it was just sort of birthed out of... Um, of just watching leaders before me and saying, man, if I ever got the chance, here's what I would do. You know, if I ever got the opportunity, uh, I wouldn't sit in the pulpit. I sit right there in the front row. Or if I ever got a chance, like my name's not on our church building. You know, when you pull up, it doesn't say Rock City Church, M.D. McClure Jr. Yeah. Pastor. It just says Rock City Church. Yeah. Or So I, I just tried my best to create this model of if I would serve well, honor would be given by default. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. powerful. Wow, what a... What a rich heritage, man, yeah. to be able to sit under those kind of leaders. Yeah. yeah. Uh, man, powerful. I was in Birmingham, Alabama, helping my father. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Doing praise and worship. Uh, funny story, I was at the University of West Alabama. I wish, and I'm going to say this again, this is a full-throated mm -hmm. full endorsement. I wish I would have knew about SEU. Uh, the only thing that has ever 
sparked my and kept my attention was God in church. Yeah. You know, but growing up, all you know is to go to school and get a business degree. Yeah. So I went to the University of West Alabama. I pledged Kappa Alpha Psi College Fraternity. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm in the club. Yeah. And I'm I'm on the microphone. I'm the hype man. Like throw your hands in there. Yeah. Yeah. And in the middle of the club, I heard the Lord say to me, "Right crowd, wrong place." And to this day, my frat brothers laugh at me because in the club, tears hit my eyes. I run out the club, drive home. I sit on the couch and I say, God, what are you asking me to do? And I, the first time I really feel I heard God, he said, leave school, go home, serve me. Mm-hmm. Wow. I drop out of school the next day. Of course, my father wants to kill me. Yeah. Uh, the day, that's a Thursday night. I hear the Lord. Friday, I drop out of college, withdraw, pack up all my stuff, go home. Saturday morning, he wakes me up and says, come with me. We're going to talk at the leadership meeting. Hmm. At leadership meeting, half of his ministry leaders leave and split the church. He's now left without an executive pastor, all of his associate ministers, and his worship leaders. I turn to my dad and say, Dad, I think this is why God called me home. He said, I don't have time. Just go somewhere. The next morning, it's time for church. So that Thursday, I leave. Mm -hmm. Thursday, I hear God. Friday, I leave. Saturday, the church splits. Sunday morning, I go by his office and say, well, I can sing this week until you find somebody. And the spirit moved. And one of the church mothers stood up and said, I think this is why God called his boy here. That Monday, my dad puts me in charge of the entire church with no experience. Uh, Within six months, the church quadruples. Um, Within a year, we have the largest youth ministry uh, at that time uh, in the state of Alabama. And the rest is history. So that was sort of um, my uh, inculcating to ministry. Yeah. And you would have never envisioned, right, that you were going to be a pastor or a a leader like that until those moments and God just opened the door and and, and you begin to walk through that. And wow, his favor and blessing, that's Mm -hmm. powerful, powerful. Very powerful. So when you first step into that role, right, this is a whole new thing. You're all, you know, you're just starting out with your with your father's church, all this different stuff. What are the first kind of things that you knew that you needed to do to, ke- to keep things going in the right direction, to keep the momentum going when you're in that I leadership? had to break it. Mm. Okay. Um, I think one of the greatest misconceptions we make in leadership, if it's, if it's don't broke, don't fix If it's not mm-hmm. broke, yeah. don't fix it. Yeah. And I think um, what I've discovered is I never forget, um, I wanted to be a basketball player. I just knew I was going to go to the NBA, but my jumper was a little weird but it would always go in and my dad got me a basketball coach and he says how many times do you shoot a day I said I put up a hundred shots a day he said well let me see Mm -hmm. he said oh so you are practicing but practice does not make perfect when you're not doing it perfectly Mm -hmm. so what happens is I think a lot of churches appear not to be broken because what they're doing has become comfortable to them Mm -hmm. and I don't believe every church will be a mega church but I do believe every church is not as large as it can be so for me one of the first things I did was I assessed and realized okay, we got to break this culture. Mm -hmm. You know, I looked at my dad and said, Dad, I want to do me a favor. Instead of a three-piece suit this Sunday, how about some jeans and just a Mm button-down? You know, how about instead of starting with... the, the long prayer and this right here, we do something called mm-hmm. praise and worship, which was foreign mm-hmm. in the African-American church then. So I think it was just finding the niche and not being afraid uh, to fail. Mm-hmm. So good. Love it. Now, uh, you you uh, you have what you like to call a family first mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, a, a career in, in in ministry can be mentally and 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 physically challenging to anyone with that calling. How do you how do you personally prioritize time with your family, your wife, your children throughout? You know your busy schedule. Uh, it's it's crazy. So for me, 
I'm going to give you the quick version, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, in 2010, I hear the Lord. I'm like, I've always wanted to do music. Mm-hmm. I clearly heard the Lord. And one thing about me, when I say I heard the Lord, my track record proves I, I don't say that lightly. Yeah. I heard the Lord tell me, love God, love your family, love your church and city, and in 10 years, the world will come looking for you. Mm-hmm. So for, for 10 years, I wouldn't do anything musical. I had a studio that I would record music with just be just to kind of my counselor said, find a way to um, rinse. You yeah. have so many problems. So what's your hobby? I said, I love music. They said, record. Yeah. So what I discovered in these 10 years that prepared me for everything that's happening now is the greatest lie of the greatest misconception that I was taught in leadership was get your house in order. Mm-hmm. I, I don't believe in that. I believe at a certain level, your house, your life should not be in order. One, two, three. It should order. Orbit. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I call it order versus orbit. Mm-hmm. If, if 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 the solar system was in order, mm-hmm. somebody wouldn't get sun or or, or what it needed. Yeah. So for me, the same way the solar system revolves around the S O N, my life revolves around the S U N. Mine revolves around the S O N. So I put God at the center of what I'm doing, and I have my family, I have my ministry, I have my career, yeah. and I have other things He gives me. And there are times when family comes before ministry. Yeah. You know, um, right before the pandemic, I looked at my oldest son and I said, "Man, I love you so much," but I can feel it was a disconnect. He was like, "Well, Dad, I just feel." like we don't have nothing that's ours I was like whoa yeah I'm a a great daddy he was like yeah but but I just don't feel like when it come to Michael you know you and Michael got this when it come to Mason you got that I said so what you want to do so I want to play flag football yeah I stood before my church that next Sunday and said hey guys um September October November I won't be doing any Bible studies I decided to coach flag football. Yeah. So the whole church goes like, whoa, like, yeah. this is yeah. major. Yeah. And I said, I want to make it very clear. I'll teach a thousand Bible studies in the next 20 years. I will never have him from 13 to 18 again. Wow. That's right. You know, so we went out there and I coached flag football. I had no idea what we was doing. We won the championship yeah. two years in a row. There you go. You know, so I realized in that moment, Xander came before ministry. Mm-hmm. Right. Juxtapose, yep. um, this morning, they're starting their eighth grade workouts. Yeah. He's like, Dad, are you taking me to eighth grade workout? No, I gotta go to SCU. But dad, I said, I said, son, you're gonna have a thousand workouts. This isn't a game. Yeah. So at this point you fall back and let the assignment come. Sure. So yeah. I think it's orbit. Right. And I think a lot of people are gonna miss God because it's popular to say, well you know my family comes first. Mm-hmm. Well your family you can't take your family to dinner when Sister Susan died and you gotta do a funeral. Right. right. So I think we have to have a realistic view mm-hmm. of order mm-hmm. versus orbit. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. that's where I feel like having the convictions about what's important, not necessarily the structure, right? Everybody wants like Mm -hmm. this cookie, clean cutter structure where Tuesdays is family day, X day is whatever, whatever. But instead of trying to structure your world like that, have that convictions of like, okay, these are the three things that are important. They always can't all be important at the same time, but I'm going to do whatever I can to keep from there and then eliminate everything else. That's good. Right? That's the other piece of it. How do you go about, once you've got these three pieces in your orbit, how do you have the discipline to get rid of all the other stuff? I think it's um it's being comfortable with what it's being comfortable with what you may miss. Yeah. I had an opportunity not too long ago to make an ungodly amount of money to do a concert, okay? What they were offering me, Dr. Engel, to sing, uh, you gotta understand I'm from the hood. This was balling. Like that that's a word we call called balling. Like it, I was like, oh my God. Uh-huh. <laughs> Only one problem. It fell on the same day as a very important day in my family. Mm. I had to make a decision. 
do I go get this bag and tell my wife, you understand, I got to pay for all this stuff you like anyway? Yeah. Or is this an opportunity to show her I'm putting her first? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I took the risk. I was like, hey, let them know I can't do it. And um, I'm sorry. They, my, my manager mm-hmm. called back and was like, hear me. Like, this is not smart. Your career's not going to thrive. What you're doing, yada, yada, yeah. yada. I said, then he said something that messed me up. He said, I don't think you're going to ever meet, reach your full potential. I said, thank you. I'm like, what do you mean? I said, I don't believe God called us to reach our full potential. I think he called us to reach our full purpose. Wow. Because potential and purpose aren't the same thing. Yeah. Jesus had the potential to overthrow the government by calling down legions of angels. But his purpose required him to die. Right. So even if he would have reached his full potential, he would have been out of his assignment. Wow. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. so for me, what I had to realize very quickly was I, I could probably be the greatest gospel artist ever, but that that may not be the assignment. Yeah. Right. The assignment may be able to um, drop this song. It goes number one. Mm-hmm. You win this award. And now 21 million people listen to this song. And it segs weighed them back to a sermon that saves their life. Yeah. So for me, and, and if you're listening right now, yeah. it's something that I that God laid on my heart last night called the principle of individuality. Mm. The principle of individuality the principle of individuality suggests that no two people will benefit from the same thing the same way. Wow. Meaning if me and Dr. Engel went and worked out together for 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 five years and incredibly in shape as he is yeah. and he could I could benefit if we worked out together for two years and did the same amount of reps yeah. because of his physical structure and his DNA he may get better arms where I may get a better chest yeah. it's called yeah. the principle of individuality right. yeah. and a lot of people in the body of Christ are suffering yeah. because um, unknowingly we're standing in our pulpits on Sunday saying do it this way because it worked for me right. when we need to say hey here's what worked for me because the principle is I sought God for yeah. me yep. so take my seeking and mm. then find your strategy yep. you know yeah. well, well, oh that was good, good. So that was good you gotta, right that, that's well, gotta be a book that's gotta be a sermon that's gotta be a song it's so powerful because it speaks to the, the, that, that one of the biggest dangers that you can have in your life is being successful at the wrong thing. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, and good. so many people are out there where they're trying all these different... They're so worried about failing, but really, we should be more worried about being successful at something that you shouldn't be doing in the mm. first place right there, yeah. right? So how do you get so honed in on that purpose? How can you get more... Late? We talk a lot about self-awareness mm-hmm. on as a, as a principle, as a thing that students, especially in this time of life, really need to hone in on. What advice do you give for that? I quickly found out my lane and my assignment. You know, one of the one of the number one causes for accidents is getting out of your lane. Mm. You know, so what I've discovered was um, what I just case in point. Mm. We did SCU University at Rock City and I was like, no, I got it. I got the vision. I went to the school. I met the people. I can get this done. It was horrible because, again, I wasn't meeting deadlines. I wasn't getting paperwork in. And I quickly realized you out your lane. Mm. So for me, what I've discovered is I have to get to a place where I understand my assignment. And and if I mess this up, you guys fix it. Okay. You have Ezekiel and I think, uh, who was the mentor? Elijah? Yeah. Elijah. Mm -hmm. So that means the mentee was Elisha. Right. So you have Ezekiel and Elisha. Mm -hmm. Both of them get called to the same work, but have different results in a sense of Elisha steps into a mega church. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's structure, there's order, there's principle, there's following, there's leadership. 
Ezekiel gets thrown in the valley of dry bones yeah. and God says, what you going to do with it? Yeah. And I think a lot of times we miss God, especially mm -hmm. students, is because number one, we're watching too much YouTube and IG. Yeah. So now everybody wants to be this person because mm -hmm. he has two million followers. Everybody wants to be this person because he dresses a certain way. Yeah. So now we're trying to mimic a style that we don't have the anointing for. Mm -hmm. So what happens now is God called you to be Ezekiel mm -hmm. and you're trying to put Ezekiel's methods in Elisha's mantle. Yeah. And if, if and if God called you to speak to bones where he told Elijah to see if you can see me. Mm -hmm. Now that's important because what he was saying in that text was not um, if you're looking at me when I leave. Yeah. To see means in, in, in the original language, if you can handle the weight of my responsibility upon my departure, that's when I know yeah. you're ready to be who yeah, I called you to so be. Good. So for me, yeah. it, it's easy. Like it's, it's, it's so easy. It, yeah. it's, I see it so clearly now like, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. I can't go do that. Yeah. But this is a huge opportunity. Absolutely not. Right. And what I've discovered is um, what God really has for you is for you. Mm. And so for me, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying my life. And I'm going to say this, and I pray somebody can receive this. Um, I wrote a song last night. So la I haven't been asleep. So something hit me so hard last night because I could feel um, the weight of the assignment. And I'm pretty sure you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Where where you're so proud of what you're doing, they don't realize how heavy it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How heavy. And I wrote this song that if I ever release it, I think they're going to think I'm clinically depressed. <laughs> because the hook literally says, I got everything I ever prayed for, but it's painful. I know mm -hmm. it will get easier. Mm -hmm. I pray that it will get easier. And nobody ever told me how painful purpose was. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So now I'm in this unique place where for the first time in my entire walk with Christ and leadership I'm happy yeah you, you know what I'm saying like yeah. I, I'm like they were laughing at me when I got here because they walked up the steps and I just went and looked at the screen downstairs because uh -huh. I've been all of these places that I can't remember because I was there and missed the lessons mm. and missed the moments and missed the uh, the experience we put yeah. 5,000 people in an arena when I was 27 years old and I cannot even tell you anything about it other than what I saw because the whole day I was stressing mm. I'm fussing wow. get the camera shot get yeah, the camera yeah, shot yeah. pull out more chairs pull out yeah. And it's like this past weekend, we did our first Sunday and we brought Kurt Franklin in and it's 6,100 people in the room. They had to close the door. I mean, it, the energy is yeah. crazy. And they have a picture that I'm going to put up in my house. Literally, I am on the stage in the corner sitting on the floor laughing. Yeah. Like, look at this. Because I'm learning now what's yeah. the use of praying for something and not being prepared for when it comes. Yeah. Right. So that's what I'm learning right now. Love wow, it. Wow, that's that's so yeah. good. And, and let's talk about uh, your your music. You know, uh, you're a very established musical artist and in the Christian community. What is the vision? What what would you say is the vision behind your music? How how did you discover that passion? I've always loved music, man, especially gospel music. Gospel music is the only genre of music where the message plus the melody equals a miracle. Mm. Uh, I, I love rock. I love um, jazz. Mm -hmm. I love R&B. I love hip hop. But no other genre produces a miracle. Mm. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So for me, I love gospel music. As a kid, my dad would go on, uh, and they don't do this anymore, Michael, your chief of staff, uh, your contemporary young guy who loves God. And, yeah. you know, they do conferences. Back in our day, they did revivals. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, that's so right. They that's did right. Oh, yeah. You know, so, what it, so my dad would travel doing revivals and he would take me. 
So before my dad preached, they would say, hey, before the man of God preaches, his son is coming to render a solo selection. <laughs> and I would walk up there and like, I got a mind <laughs> to live for Jesus. Yeah. And for me, I've always loved music. Yeah. And I believe there are two types of music. You know, I think there's... Uh, Sunday morning music, you know, that you hear your Maverick Cities, your yeah. your um your your Tasha Cobbs, mm -hmm. your your then I think there's life music where you hear your James Fortunes, your mm -hmm. your Kurt Franklins. Mm -hmm. And I kinda believe God kinda caught me in the middle of it, you know. The funny part is I'm working on my new album as we speak and it's weird because every song that has went number one for me, we didn't try to write. You yep. know, so I was in church and mm -hmm. literally we had just had an officer involved shooting and our city was split. When I tell you, all of the racial demons from the 60s had rose back up. It was wow. ugly in Birmingham. Wow. And in Birmingham, Alabama, my, uh, I'm sort of the go to black pastor. You know, so in Birmingham, yep, Alabama, yeah, yeah. they want me to be T.D. Jakes, Malcolm X, P. Diddy, and Tyler <laughs> all Perry. All in one. All in one. They, yeah. me, they want me to buy a building, yeah. say, protest all in one. Yeah. And for the first time in the history of my leadership, I heard the Lord say, be a bridge. Wow. Any other time I'm standing on the front line, here's what we demand, and I want to speak by faith because in the African-American context, the pastor had to be prophetic, mm, yeah. which was to speak truth to power, especially yeah. downtown where the streets are named after my grandfather. No, it's right. your turn. Right. Yeah. You say you something. Say something. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I looked up and I got on TV, got on the news, and I called everybody to peace, yeah. and I was called every name in the book by my own people. Right. Wow. And and the Holy Spirit said to me, if you're going to be a bridge, you have to be comfortable being walked on by both sides. Wow. Because with the bridge, there are people coming and people wow. going. Mm -hmm. So I discovered it was a very low place for me. Mm -hmm. uh, t I wasn't black enough for my community and may not have been clean enough for the other community. Right. So I was in this lonely place. And that Sunday, this is a true story. The Sunday before that, there's probably... 3,800, 4,000 people at the arena downtown for church. Mm -hmm. After I tell everybody let's walk in peace, that next day, there's maybe 700 people in church. That's how much of an uproar my city was in. Yeah. I walk into the arena. All of my leaders are down. Everybody's sad. In our head, this is the end of the ministry. You made the wrong decision. And I'm in the back. I didn't want to come out. You know, mm -hmm. I'm embarrassed. You know, there are people going live on their phones, you know, because I right. had protesters yeah. come like, I told y'all nobody with him. And I walked up there and the Holy Spirit said, go. And mm -hmm. they were singing, I'm getting ready to see something I've never seen. And I went and my musician hit the six. And out of nowhere, I just said, and it's going to be big. And the whole church only said, went berserk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Two days later, that clip's at half a million views. Wow. I called my guy and said, hey, if you don't mind, just do something like, I believe it's my season. Da -da 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 -da. Mm. We record the song. The number one radio promoter in the country happens to marry my top volunteer. Wow. They come to my house for marital counseling. We go downstairs. He says, why do you have a studio? I said, my counselor told me this is how I kind of kind of vent. Yeah. He said, well, let me hear something. I play big. He stops at midway and says... If you would trust me, this is the number one song in the country. Wow. And a year later, the rest is history. There you go. So wow. it's been a, it's it's been an incredible, a, yeah. incredible journey. Well, when I love the, mo the model you're outlining, right? Like when we think 
you look at the history of pastors, right? And we geek out on this kind of all the time. You see like the pastor is like the CEO or yeah. the pastor is like the political figure, but the pastor is an artist. Yeah. I feel like is this area that's so new, but it's, it's coming up where yeah. you can speak both languages. You paint that picture, you paint that thing where it's much more feeling and how powerful it is for so many people out there that didn't feel like they could be a pastor or didn't mm -hmm. feel like they could be a leader because they were an artist. Mm -hmm. And you're showing them, no, you can do both. Yeah. And the power of doing both. How has that been cultivating that kind of that kind of a model for your church? Oh, I'm a disruptor. Yeah. I'm a disruptor. Like to me, it's not either or, it's both and. Both. Yeah. You know, I've been reading now, and Dr. Engel can probably uh, testify to this, the Holy Spirit's been making me go back and look at these seven mountains. Mm. You know, these seven mountains of societal influence, yeah. and you got politics, you got right. religion, family, education, mm -hmm. entertainment, arts, and all of these things. And what the Holy Spirit was telling me that for the next three years for our church, our motto is climb. Yeah. I'm pushing those in my ministry to find your mountain and climb. Mm -hmm. But here's the issue. Most people never get to the top of their God-given mountain because yeah. they're trying to climb three at the same time. Right. So what the Holy Spirit taught me was um, climb this religious mountain of this mantle that I placed on you, the pastor. Mm -hmm. then I will position you on an entertainment mantle. Yeah. So what happens now is I get the benefit of doing music. And to me, my, my messages, my music is just messages with melodies. Mm -hmm. You know, everything mm -hmm. in life is a metronome. Your yeah, heart is yeah. beating on a metronome. The seasons change on a metronome. Yeah. I believe some of the greatest songwriters and worship leaders on the face of the planet are ministers because they are at they are at the feet of the person yeah. who created yeah. the metronome. Right. Wow. So for me, man, I, I would tell anybody, um, David was priest and king. Yeah. You know, Paul, Paul had double I call it, and I'm gonna talk about that tonight, um, an ambidextrous anointing. Yeah. That I that I can be saved and paid. I can yeah. intercede and be right. intellectual. Right. Yeah. I, I can be the president of a school, but also run other organizations. There's yeah. so yeah. many different levels yeah. to us. And for years the church told us we had to pay Pick, you know, and, right. and I hate that. It, it, they just said you had to pick. Like, which, which one are you going to do? Yeah. Oh, make up your mind. You can't be good at everything. It's like, no, mm -hmm. I believe I believe God called some of us to um, cross other lines so we can mm -hmm. uh, reach the world for the gospel. Yeah. I love it. Wow, that's so good. You're, oh, man, your insight so powerful. We <laughs> yeah. could talk forever. Yeah, I love uh, it. But we got to bring this to a close. We always like to close with our fire round, uh, ask just a few quick questions, uh, kind of a little bit about everything we've kind of discussed uh, in, in the conversation, because we want to grab, you know, for our listeners, some practical, applicable pieces of advice just to take just like that with them. So uh, let's ask uh, maybe three questions. Yep. Michael, why don't you? Cool, cool. And this is for our ministry students out there. When you go to prepare a sermon, what does that look like for you? How do you how do you structure that? How do you think that through? Okay, so that's that's layered, but I give you the quick answer. Yeah. Um, what I'm supposed to tell you in ministry school is um, I seek the Lord. I get on my face. I don't eat Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Uh, then all of a sudden, I pass out, mm -hmm. and then this dream hits me, mm -hmm. favor. Then yep. it's like, oh, my God, I wake up, and then yep. they give me the scripture. Uh, for me, I try to keep my pulse um I want to succinctly say it because you need a sound bite. I keep my ear to heaven and my hand on the pulse of the community. Wow. Yeah. You got me? So I try to hear, God, what are you saying right. to us at large? Yeah. Yep. But then I try to keep my pulse on what I feel they need because the pastor is the only position in the church where we have to be a veterinarian. Mm. You know, uh, it's a difference between a physician and a veterinarian. Yeah. A physician, I walk in and tell them exactly 
my legs hurting. Mm -hmm. And he sends me to a specialist. Well, when I took my dog to the vet, all I knew was something was wrong. Yeah. Oh, wow. and, the, and the vet had to be skilled enough to poke around till he finds that. it. Yeah. Because whether we know it or not, the new school church doesn't believe in deliverance. They believe in discretion. Mm. You know, they don't really want people yeah. to come out. They just want you to keep it quiet so you can still be the worship leader wow. or keep it quiet so you can still look like a leader on campus. Yeah. So for me, I keep my ear to heaven and, and like literally I had a whole series plan and I heard the Lord say climb. Mm. I said, "Woo!" So then all of a sudden I started looking at the pulse of my millennials mm. that they were like they're, they're walking. We're living uh, in what they call the great resignation yeah. where people are just resigning jobs. Right, right, like, I right. want to be an entrepreneur. And the Holy Spirit was like, speak to order that. Yeah. So what I then do now is I, I just search the scriptures and I feel God kind of directs me mm -hmm. uh, to those paths. And then what I try to do is you have to determine if you're preaching a one off or a series. Yeah. And for me, if I'm preaching in series, I try to see it all the way from start yeah. to finish. Love yeah, it. That's so good. All right. My question, what advice do you give those who feel like they've hit a wall uh, and, and really aren't growing spiritually they're not they're not getting aware of their divine design how do they move forward wow my advice to somebody who hits a wall and feels like they're not growing um the first thing i would tell you is there there is no neutrality in christianity mm -hmm. so to everybody listening there's no neutrality in christianity you're either getting better or you're getting worse there is no neutral you, you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah. there is no neutral so what i would tell them is where they are is where god wants them you know i'll never forget one of the worst seasons of my life was one of the most productive seasons of my life because i didn't know what i was doing yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. so i would tell them right now is go back to your first love mm -hmm. like for me this is gonna sound so funny whenever i feel i'm drifting i go to an old Baptist church. I just go to an old Baptist church and, and to me it puts me back where I need to be because you're not going to see any LED screens. You're not going to yeah, see any right. light shows. Yeah. You're not going to see any worship. Right. You're just going to see one dude walk a shine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me. Oh, yeah. Then the preacher comes up. It's 10 people. In. And so for me, Find that thing that resets. Nice. Everything we have on us has a reset button. Mm -hmm. Everything. Everything. And after you find, number one, find the reset mm -hmm. button. I've discovered with my iPhone, whenever it gets frozen, hit a hard reset. Yeah. And if you hit a hard right. reset, it take you right, back, you right back home. Yeah. Right. It don't take you to where you left. Right. It takes you yep. home. Good. Number two, I've discovered after I hit a hard reset, I have to guard my focus. I have an alarm on my house because I love it. I have an, a cold on my phone because it's private. I have an alarm on my car because I love it. You have a loan on your online your alarm on your online banking because you love it. Mm -hmm. The only thing left unguarded is your focus. Mm. Wow. So what I've discovered now is in my devotion time, I will not have my phone nowhere near me. Yeah. I will put it on a charger across the room because in order for me to get on social media, I have to I have to intentionally break my focus mm -hmm. because a distraction is the destruction of your dream in slow motion. Yeah. A distraction is the destruction of your dream in slow motion. Wow. The devil knows he cannot stop you, but he can distract you. Wow. And if he distracts you, you stop you. Wow. Man, huge. Go, boy. Oh, huge. Goodness. I feel like we got to have an altar call right now. there. Come on, hit it. Hit it. Man, you you know, you know what? You, this conversation, you are walking wisdom yep. on steroids. I receive yes, that's that what you huge. are. <laughs> walking wisdom on steroids. Oh that's that's amazing. The wisdom just oh. in these few minutes. Thank you, man, for stopping by. I receive and, and having this conversation. Powerful, powerful. I love it. Love it. Love it. There's so much we could chase. I mean, it's you know, we could literally go hours and hours here. But 
we just thank you for your time. Excited for you to speak to our students tonight. Yep. Obviously, this will air, you know, way down the line for them. But just love having you as part of our community and, yeah. and speaking into it here. I'm excited, man. Thank you guys for having me. And the last word I will leave with you guys, you're watching Framework Leadership. Framework is so critical because any picture worth its value needs a frame. Yeah. What's incredible is the picture may be worth $20 million and the frame may be worth $20. But the picture is nothing if it's nothing holding it. Yeah. And what you have to understand when it comes to leadership, to when it comes to what God is doing here at SEU, what SEU is doing when they make the investment in your life, they're saying, let us be the frame. Yeah. We want you to be the picture because everything that's valuable sometimes isn't visible. And a lot of people will look at the picture and say, I want to buy the picture. But you can't get the picture if it's not in the right frame. Wow. So stay connected to your leadership, to this school, to this ministry, because what's the use of being a million dollar product if you're left unguarded? Wow, thank you. We received so that. So good. Wow, that is so great. good. We'll have to write a new brochure for that one. There it is. There it is. You just rewrote our show description. I hope you guys took notes on that. We'll watch it a hundred times. Just re-put the whole show description. So awesome. Thank you so much for thank joining for us today. Me. Hey, thank if you're listening to this right now, you want to stay up with, today with Pastor Mike. Uh, you can follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pastor Mike Jr. Yep. Uh, just right there, spell all their site. And if you want to keep up with us, uh, Instagram, Kent underscore Engel, myself, Dr. Michael Steiner, or on Twitter at Kent Engel. You can also visit our website, KentEngel.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. Yep. Tons of great leadership content every single week. And hey, if you're watching us on YouTube right now, this would be a great time to hit that like button, yep. hit that subscribe button yep. so you can get more leadership in your feed every single week. Thank you so much for listening to Framework Leadership. Hey, take care, everybody. Thank you.